0: Through learning and through therapy, you understand yourself better, and through that, you understand your business better, and you understand your clients better, and it's just a beautiful thing.
1: Welcome to the Audacious Founder podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years, and I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I want to share with you. And I am here to A, learn more, because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level, a new audacious level. So let's get into it. Deanna Khan, thank you so much for being with me here today. Uh, Deanna is the owner of Blondie's Beauty Salon in Fort Lauderdale. She opened it in 2020 during COVID, so I wanna ask about this. Uh, she was born in my hometown of Brooklyn and she grew up in Florida. And I wanted to bring her on the podcast because I'm always inspired by women who are starting their own businesses, number one. Um, And I want to hear more about her story, how she got started, the obstacles that she's had to overcome to maintain her business, especially during a global pandemic. So let's get into it. Hi, Deanna. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Hey Melissa, how's it going?
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: opening during a pandemic was absolutely crazy. I honestly had no plans on being a salon owner. If you want to start there, I don't know, but that's pretty much the that's pretty much the gist of where it starts. My original plan was uh, I was gonna do a uh, mobile hairstyling, like RV. Whoa. Um, originally before COVID happened that's what I was going to do Mm -hmm. and then when I started like pricing it out and the laws unfortunately well maybe now it's changed since the pandemic happened but the laws didn't really apply or fit very well for like mobile styling they just weren't up to date so Hmm. to just try to like i I hired a lawyer and everything because I wanted to make sure I was doing everything right at the time. So like all the loopholes we were going to have to jump through, it just was a little insane. And the risk seemed like a little bit more than the reward was going to be between like parking and, you know, Ah. business interruption insurance, like just things you wouldn't even really think about. Um, Yeah. I didn't even know
1: that wasn't insurance, business interruption insurance. I didn't know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, I actually didn't know it was, but um, especially like trying to get information for that business. And then during COVID, actually a lot of people who had business interruption insurance tried to cash in because, you know, some people were out of work and they were it didn't cover. So I think they actually put that in like the clauses now where like a pandemic doesn't get covered under business interruption insurance.
1: Which is insane. Right, (laughs) Because that's literally what it's there for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what you would think, but nope. It's, um, I guess, uh, in the situation of like a mobile styling salon, it would be like, if, you know, there was a mechanical issue with the car or something like that.
1: Gotcha. You were talking about how there were so many things that just seemed like the risks were greater than the rewards. So you mentioned the parking, you have to get a permit for a mobile anything, right?
0: So multiple obstacles for someone like me, like I showed you my apartment complex a little bit so we um i don't live in a house so for me to even have a place to store a mobile styling business i would have to probably rent a space and then you have to think about like i don't know how anybody else would feel but i would be hella paranoid like leaving my business in another place that wasn't close like super close to my ho- like home that I could go check on it all the time. You know, there's constantly yeah. like break-ins in the area that I live in. um, Cause I live like kind of close to downtown Fort Lauderdale. There's always break-ins going on. So it was just, you know, it was a scary thought to even think about. So yeah, I mean, obviously the obstacles of like trying to, you know, be able to park it at your house, or if you can't park it at your house, then you have to find somewhere to store it. And then if you like, say you're gonna pull up to somebody, you have to be able to find somewhere to park it. Like if you go to somewhere in downtown Fort Lauderdale, it's mostly street parking. You're not gonna be able to park like in somebody's driveway. So it was just like a lot of different things to think about that when, after I like gathered all the information, I was just like, and added everything up. Like if you think about how much it is. So a lot of people buy a mobile Sprinter, like a Mercedes Sprinter and they convert it. Well, basically, with hair you're supposed to have a bathroom with running water so you can't have a sprinter because the sprinters don't have a bathroom
1: okay
0: Um, although a lot of people do i've seen there are some mobile stylists in florida that do operate in a sprinter i'm not sure if they're operating like Illegally, I don't want to say illegally because I don't know like 100% what the rules are at this point. Maybe since COVID it's changed, but maybe they're just operating differently now. Maybe it's a different rule now. So,
1: but that was such a good idea. It's such a shame that there were so many things that just ended up making it not really a great business. But that's such a good idea. And, And I love that you were thinking outside of the box in terms of the traditional salon. How can I make this more unique? How can I make it more convenient? You know, how can I serve my customer better?
0: The reason that I did was because I wasn't even doing hair full time. I was doing um, hairstyling and makeup for mostly like production companies full time. So my thought behind it was. Um, you know, I have my hair license, I'll get the mobile styling business, and I'm a big music person. So my thought was like, I could and I'm a big travel person. So my thought was like, I could take this RV. And, you know, I could go, you know, around the country to different events. And I could set up and do, you know, braids and makeup and, you know, for all the different kind of like concerts and Mm -hmm. Um, events and things like that so that was more of like what I wanted to focus on it wasn't even so much about bringing a so-called like salon experience to mobile because at the time like I wasn't even salon focused Mm -hmm. I was more focused on the production side of it so the other aspect would have been if I built this and converted it it could have also doubled as a set RV like if a a movie studio or a production company wanted to hire it, hire me to like bring it on set and they could have people like change and get ready in it. So it was just like multiple ideas that I had, but pricing it out and doing the business plan for it, it was just gonna be so ridiculously expensive. And when the pandemic happened, um, my mind had to completely shift because uh, makeup wasn't really a thing. Right. Like, so we had to wear masks and like, there was a lockdown and like production wasn't really happening. Nobody was shooting commercials and things like that. So makeup artists were kind of screwed for a while. So my thought process behind it was like, okay, well I have to be adaptable. Right. We don't know like how long the situation is going to last. So I'm going to go in and everyone's like demanding to get their hair done right now. Right. So I'm going to go in and basically try to get a chair. I was going to try to either get a salon suite or rent a chair in a salon and kind of cash in on what was a problem right now. Like people were leaving their stylists because some stylists weren't going back to work because they weren't feeling safe. And, you know, there was just a lot of change in the industry happening. So I was like, okay, how can I like kind of take advantage of what's happening? Because I'm not a traditional makeup artist and hairstylist that a lot of them, they don't have a license. So they don't really have much of a choice. So I had a choice, which was good. So I started looking at like salon suites, like uh, solo studios and places like that. I'm sure you've probably seen them or heard about them.
1: So salon suites, is that that's different than just renting a chair that would be renting like a small little space or that's something else?
0: Salon suites are like... Uh, big office buildings, if you mm-hmm. would say, where you like walk in the door and then, um, there's oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's different like rooms in each. It's like co-working,
1: building. but for salons yes. or, or that type of business,
0: which is cute. But for me, like, it's just, I know a lot of people that do it and I'm not knocking it at all. Like, I think it's awesome and great. But, um, now that I have what I have right now, it just, this fits me so much better. Like, this is so much more me than just have going to work in a salon suite. So when I was inquiring about going to work in a salon suite, um, we were still kind of on like a lockdown situation. So none of them were doing any tours. They weren't getting Ah. back to me. And it was kind of like a blessing in disguise because my boyfriend who is like a big Craigslist, person was like why don't you check craigslist and see if there's any salons in the area that are doing like um renting a chair and i was like oh that's so smart like i didn't even think about that and actually it would probably be cheaper which it was it was like half the price than it would have been to rent a salon suite by myself
1: and i'm sure there were so many salons that were desperate to get their chairs filled because probably so many stylists probably didn't want to come into work
0: No, they didn't. Because you have to think like a lot of especially older stylists who may have been, you know, immune compromised, or maybe like stylists, younger stylists who are immune compromised, or who, you know, were pregnant, or who just had a baby or who lived with their elderly parents. There were so many reasons why people weren't coming back to work. So yeah, um, the owner who I ended up contacting, The place was like 10 minutes from my house. I was like, this seems, I don't know, really cute area for, especially because I didn't want to go anywhere like too much further than East Fort Lauderdale. I just really liked it over here. So I wanted to stay in this zone. So I was like, it seems like a really cute area. I don't know. I'm just going to go check it out. So I went over there and I just checked it out and I started talking to the owner. And um, the owner started telling me that she basically wanted to find somebody that would rent the chair but she was planning to retire in the next couple years. After she sold her house here, they were moving to another part of Florida and that she was basically looking for someone that she could start to pass her clients to. And I don't know what came over me but something just came over me and at the time, remember, I was still thinking about doing the mobile styling salon, but that was kind of like slipping out of my head at this point because right. we were on a lockdown. There were no events going on, so like at this point, I'm like, well, thank God I didn't do that because I would have been screwed had I built this whole thing out and then there were no events happening. Right. Um, right. So like timing is everything. So yeah basically I don't know what came over me but I just asked her you know have you you know I know you're retiring have you thought about selling the place and she said you know funny you ask I actually sold it to a guy in Chicago who is a hairstylist who had planned to come down and do something with the place and then I guess because of COVID never did so he actually was putting it back on the market and looking well yeah so I was like okay you know I'm uh, person that when I hear an opportunity, sometimes I'm a little impulsive, I guess. Uh, And like, if I feel like I need to jump on it, sometimes I'll just, if it feels right in my heart, sometimes I just need to jump on it. Or sometimes I'll take a step back. And like, if I'm still thinking about it in like a week or so, then I'll jump on it. But no,
1: but that's amazing. You trust your instincts. That's great.
0: I really, I really do. But I also try to like have that balance of trusting my instincts and not being like too impulsive. So um, basically just kind of made the decision at the time, like, I feel like, okay, like, let's start with the paperwork. You know, I had my lawyer already that I was working with for the, you know, RV business that I was thinking about doing. So basically I already had her and we had already lined up. Yeah. We had already started like working on that. So she already, I already trusted her. We already had a relationship. So she, I basically was like, listen, I've never started a business before. Like, just please help me. Tell me what I need to do. Like I'm at your mercy. So she really, She really just like helped me with every little step of the way. And um yeah. did you get
1: do you think that you got a much better deal? Because at this point he was maybe he wasn't desperate, but he probably didn't think he was gonna be able to sell it so quickly because COVID.
0: No, I actually think I got a terrible deal. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason there's so many different reasons why um, but you know I think my advice to my younger self would have been to slow down, and this is what i'm talking about about being impulsive because. Um, yes, I do think that it was, I mean I had even talked to my lawyer, my lawyer seemed to think it was a good, I guess, a good price. I don't know maybe I maybe I just didn't explain as much maybe I should have explained more of the situation I'm not really sure where I messed up I feel like I have to take responsibility here somewhere I can't just put it on other people but well
1: you you didn't know what you didn't know like you didn't know that covid was going to go on for so long right well, you didn't
0: it wasn't even co- it wasn't covid related like what happened was like what I paid for the business um I didn't buy the actual like building right so right. I basically bought
1: the lease.
0: The, I bought the lease. Um, and I basically was paying for like her clientele, the branding, all that. Well, she didn't have any branding, which was fine. Like I paid for the name and then I just rebranded it. So like I did, Ugh. she had like five reviews on Google. So the reviews transferred over to me, which now we have like 140. So like, oh, amazing. Yeah. Like, which is, you know, fine. I, I appreciate the five reviews, but there were just um, so many things like you know, technically, okay, I paid for the furniture and the business. And you know, I didn't have to go and like build out an entire like okay, set of okay. cabinets and things. You know, there were things in there. However, all the furniture was disgusting. It was all old. She had been there for 30 years. Like, oh, my God, the place, basically, when she handed it over to me was you had to redo it. Disgusting. Ugh. Absolutely disgusting. to the point where like, the money that I paid for it didn't even make sense. Because We ended up, we ended up like butting heads at the end of the day because, um, she basically she just was trying to run the business. Like after she had already sold me the business, um, she had already sold the business to someone else and was still trying to run the business. So after he he had sold me the business, she was still trying to run the business and we were just butting heads. And then she basically told me like, she didn't trust me to take her client's which is just it it just got so petty to the point where like she was supposed to come back and work with me and I just told her I can't have her come back and work with me because the place was so basically disgusting that I didn't want her I I couldn't even understand how the health department like or the business you know the whoever
1: comes and does those inspections
0: yeah like everyone Mm -hmm. coming to do inspection like I don't understand how she ever got passed
1: huh
0: I don't understand because everything was just disgusting And so I was just like, you know, I'm buying, I, at that point I had decided to get the whole place. I spent way more, I spent way less than I was going to on the RV. We'll say that, but I spent way more than I had planned to, um, on the like renovation for the salon, but you know, knocked it out in like a month and a half, two months, something like that. And we stayed open the whole time. I kept my stylist from, the previous owner, she was like 70 years old and she rolled out <laughs> with me, uh, cause I have a chair rental style. So she yeah. had her clients still, and they, they still came even through all the construction and everything. So it was just me and her for a while until I got Casey in October that year. So it took like six months, June to October for me to get someone else. Um, so it was, it was difficult, not in the way that like, I was getting clients and mind you, like I'm, I'm technically a new hairstylist because I wasn't doing hair full time. And now I'm doing color and cuts full time. Like makeup wasn't even like a thing for me at that point. And I'm basically teaching myself so many things because I'm working with myself and Mm -hmm. I'm doing like continuing education, but there was just so many going things going on at one time. Like I was, I was CFO, I was CMO, I was COO. Like I was, I was doing every part of the business that you could think of plus like trying to build a clientele plus you know trying to do it during a pandemic um it it was a lot plus trying to do a build out it was a lot it was a lot I think I minimize it sometimes because like I powered through you know
1: Uh, that's interesting you say that because I think that that happens a lot I mean that happened with me too when I I got, I ended up um, closing and like selling my businesses. So I don't have a physical business at the moment. And after I did that, I, I tried to sit down and like, think about all the things that I had to be doing over the last, I don't know, eight to 10 years to start and run these businesses. And it was really hard to remember Because like you said, you're just powering through. You're not really like looking around. Your eyes are down. You're like just getting through it. You're not thinking about what you're doing. No, yeah,
0: absolutely. And then I I don't know how deep that goes for you. I know for me, like I don't want to get too deep, but I know that goes back to my childhood and like how I grew up. And I just have a very like... Chameleon uh, survivor mm. mentality, where it's like no matter what's going on around me, like I can always adapt. Okay, there's a pandemic. I can't do makeup, but well, what can I do? There were so many different, and I think that didn't just happen to me. I think that happened to so many people, where people were developing business businesses. Businesses were closing, but a lot were also opening. I yeah. think people got sick of working like a nine to five, and so, so many different things came out of the pandemic. It wasn't just um, it wasn't just, you know, blondies and, and what I was doing.
1: But that's so, an amazing characteristic to have in your personality, the ability to adapt. I yeah. think, I think a lot of women do have that, but I think there's a lot of people out there that end up being a victim. You know, they just say, oh, I can't do it right now because of this, because of the coat, because of COVID because of blah, 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 you know? And so the fact that you, you had this plan, you did all the research and then you decided, you know what? this is not going to work. So you say that you're impulsive and maybe you are, but in that moment, you weren't impulsive. You know, you could have been like, I did all this work, all this research. I've got the lawyer, I've got everything set up. I should just power through and like, get this mobile. Um, what did you call it? Cause I don't want to say salon if it wasn't a salon. No, it
0: was like a mobile styling salon.
1: Okay. Um, this mobile styling salon, like I might as well just do it because I already did all this work. No, you were logical. You were like, no, this is not going to work. I'm not going to make money. I'm going to waste a lot of money. It's going to take too long. It's going to be a nightmare, you know, blah, 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 all those reasons. So I think that that's something to take into consideration that like, when it comes down to it, you make good decisions. Well,
0: I can't take full credit for that. I want to give a shout out to my therapist. You know, <laughs> because Honestly, she, uh, I've, I've had, her, I've been going to her for over two years now and she's guy. she's been with me the whole way. Like send she, me your number. Yeah. Right. She's been with me the whole way since even before I wanted to open the business. And I think she probably, I think everyone was like, open a salon. Like what? That was never like in the cards, you know, like when you make plans and goals and vision boards, that was never something that like I ever thought I would do. And I never thought I would just be like, I don't want to travel anymore. I don't want to do production. I just want to stay in one place. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of where my life has taken me. And it's, it's very strange, but I'm, I love it. Like I'm absolutely in love with it. Um, yeah. Sorry. I forgot what the question was. I don't was think there
1: question. was one. No, <laughs> that's amazing though. That's great. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So we were talking about how, when you're kind of in the midst of something, you almost don't even realize the things that you're doing to get it done. You just suck it up. And you just drive forward you just keep getting it done right one email at a time one phone call one contractor meeting at a time and then one day you look up and you're like oh shit I did it like it's all here but then you try and and then I think there's also this thing where it's hard for women in general to take credit for the things they do like and stop and
0: enjoy it for a minute uh, too, because there's always more to do And, and that's, um, that's my, I know that's my problem. It's gotten a lot better for me over time also with medication, (laughs) but no, it's, it's definitely gotten a lot better for me where like, I don't stress as much about like Uh. the future anymore. Like I, I used to be very like future focused and being like, okay, like, you know, I want to buy a house. Like, how do I, you know? All, all my focus has to be on this and like, oh, how do I get to this? And then if anything, I think the pandemic has kind of taught like everyone or should have taught everyone. It's like, you know, we can make plans like making plans is OK, but it, it's also OK if it doesn't go that way. A hundred percent like you have to kind of go with the flow a little bit.
1: Do you believe that the universe sort of just provides what we need? Yeah,
0: I I do. I don't think I did for a long time. You know, I, I mean, I I absolutely do. Like if you're asking me personally, like I absolutely do. From my experience and everything I've been through, everything that I've been through is a lot. I've been through crazy like shit in my life. (laughs) Uh, But when I look at like the whole picture of it now, like I'm 33, going to be 34. um, I can genuinely say I can see like, why things went the way they did almost on like a timeline Mm -hmm. like it's it's very crazy I don't know if you want to call that enlightenment or what you want to (laughs) like I don't know what you want to call it but I I do feel like I I can see I can see I, I'm comfortable, like, at this point in my life because I realize, like, okay, if things happen and things go awry, like, I just have to take a step back and go with it for a second because it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. In five mm-hmm. years, I'll look back and be like, okay, I see why this happened the way it did, you know. Yeah. And that's hard yeah. to do, like, in the moment, but you just. Oh, totally. Right.
1: You know. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And what I would call it, I think is a couple different things, right? I would call it self-awareness, right? I would call it building strength. Like Absolutely. all of those hard experiences just made you stronger. And then once you get to that point where you can look back at all of those and say, this sucked. And I would love for that not to have happened, but I can see all the good that came out of it. I think that that's strength and growth. Right. You know, I think also, I don't know if you've gone to therapy for more than two years, you know, with this therapist, but like, I think that's one of the reasons why therapy is so important because it allows you to build that. It allows you to go back in this safe environment and sort of sort through all of those really difficult, maybe traumatizing experiences that you go through. And, and then you can, once you do that, once you sort through it, you can pick out those parts of it that actually help you move forward and help you do better
0: Absolutely. And I'm at the point in my life where I kind of realized, like, I think everybody needs therapy. I forgot what I was reading this. I I don't know if it was a post on Facebook or something, but it was just basically saying that with the state of the world that we're in right now, and you know, after going through like a pandemic, like, I don't think people really understand. We went through trauma. Like if you haven't ever been through anything traumatic in your life, like COVID is trauma. Absolutely. kids, Kids had to grow up dealing with COVID you know, babies were born during COVID, like there's a lot that just happened. And I feel like people need, people need that, like people need that guidance and, you know, that perspective and you need someone to be able to guide you and in a healthy way, because maybe you have a spouse or maybe you have family members that are going to give you good advice, but you need someone like non-biased, who's going to really, you know, tell you when you're, you know, doing great, but also like check you when you're wrong. And I feel like that has been really important for me. I think the timing for me was impeccable because I started, I started therapy. I want to say maybe like six months before I opened the salon. So for me, not only personally but professionally, uh, therapy was just so helpful because you don't realize how things that happen in your past they don't just affect you personally. They also can affect you in your business. Um, so those were things that I didn't even think about until I got a business. And I was like, why am I being so emotional about certain things? And I'm like, Mm. this isn't emotional. It's, you know, not personal, it's business. That's why it's called business. And so then I have to like take myself through that whole thing. But then through learning and through therapy, like you understand that, you know, you understand yourself better. And through that, you understand your business better and you understand your clients better. And it's just a beautiful thing.
1: Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fucking beautiful thing. It really is. Uh, what do you think that you used to get the most emotional about? You said, you know, you can see how things that happened to you in the past maybe made you more emotional in certain ways when you were running your business. Maybe maybe you don't remember
0: Okay, so what was the question again? You said like letters. what
1: how did you find yourself being overly emotional in business or or maybe even oh. still today? Like maybe you catch yourself getting okay. really in your head or taking things personally? Like is there a specific area in business that that happens to you or
0: Yes, absolutely. Okay, specifically with um my salon is a chair rental style of salon, so uh you cannot really tell the stylist legally like what to do. Okay. Um, cuz they're running a business inside of your business. So you can't tell them like what time they need to come in. You can't tell them what how they need to dress. You can't tell them They just have to pay the rent. They just have to pay the rent basically. There are things in the contract that you can say like, you know, you can't talk about like politics or anything that's going to be like disrespectful because obviously like we all have to work in the same space and like our clients have to, you know, there are certain like rules that you can provide within the contract that like they have to abide as far as like us working in the same shared right, space like the culture together.
1: of the space. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, when I first started the business, there was a girl that the previous owner had hired to work there. And I was already kind of annoyed about that because I was like, well, she hired you like that doesn't mean that I'm going to keep you. But at the same time, like business wise, like it's not very smart to not have any chair renters when you open the business like you want to have chair renters so i really just had uh my 70 year old chair renter and then i had this girl who i could tell instantly was a hot mess you know sorry to say it like that but it's the truth like i could tell instantly was a hot mess so you know my pick at this point was not it was very slim but then you know, to be fair, it's like, you know, I don't really have a big following with hair. Nobody really like knows me very well in this specific industry, like in the production industry. Yeah. Like I have a lot more, you know, pull and a lot more connections and things like that. So I was completely starting from scratch.
1: Right. And you didn't want anyone to sort of tarnish the name or the space.
0: Right. So, yeah, I mean, it got kind of emotional at the beginning, especially because I was a new business owner when, you know, the new... Stylist that the previous owner had hired, um, you know, was taking on her clients because, you know, like I I think I said earlier, she didn't trust me to take her clients. So she was handing this girl her clients and she was coming in like 30 minutes late. And, you know, my thought process is, you know, these clients don't know her and these clients don't know me. And in my opinion, these clients have no problem like going to Google and writing a shit review because they don't know any of us and they've never been to the salon or maybe they got recommended to come to the salon by somebody who got their hair cut by the previous owner, but they've never been there. Now they're waiting for 30 minutes. So like I would get super pissed off.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, because, you know, she would come in 30 minutes late and then I would get a phone call from the other stylist saying, hi, um, we have a client that's been sitting here for 30 minutes waiting for the stylist, which was just completely unacceptable. And, you know, honestly, like w- business-wise, like there, I'm sure there's like a loophole as far as like, I can obviously like, you know, I can I can get rid of her at any time, like for anything right. anyway, but, um, you know, compromising the business in general is a good reason um but like another reason like that would be basically mainly emotional would be uh so for example like like I said I kind of didn't want her there because like I didn't know her and like she was just already seemed like kind of a mess to me like when I saw and heard about her so I asked if we could just like come in in person and just meet and like, get to know each other, see if, like, we're going to be a good fit to work Almost together. Almost do, like, right. another interview. Right, right, exactly. And so she was kind of, like, flaky. Like, I could, she'd be like, oh, like, le- yeah, okay, I can meet Monday at 2. And then, like, Monday would come. And she'd be like, oh, oh, can we meet at 2.30? And then, like, 2.30 would come and I'd be there. And she'd be like, oh, oh, I'll be there in 15 minutes. And it's Ugh. like, then I found out she lived right around the corner. So, like, all this <laughs> stuff about her being late, like, was really strange to me. And her behavior was so strange to me to the point where I actually thought she was doing drugs. Come mm-hmm. to find out that she was pregnant and never told me, which she didn't, legally didn't have to tell me. Like, that's not a big deal, but maybe- But if it was would, affecting her ability to do her job- That's what I was saying. Maybe you, you know. would want to say something like- yeah. because you're her she would come into work like really irrita- irritated and like, sweating and like she was leaving like crackers in the refrigerator so like i genuinely thought she was like on drugs because i was like you know i've seen wild behavior before and i know that this this is uh similar to that type of behavior so yeah i didn't know what was going on but yeah basically ended up getting rid of her but i found myself getting really emotional in that situation because you know it was my business like to me, this is my new baby and I'm doing like a build out and I'm trying to find stylists and I'm trying
1: to get clients myself. So, so many different Right. And she's so just hard. causing these ridiculous problems that you don't yes. need and that are yes. unnecessary. This is her job. She signed up for this. Why are you making problems? Just do what you're supposed to do. But and also
0: so upset about it. And it's like, it's not, it's not a emotional problem. Like it's just, it's a business problem. And but I, I, I
1: can kind of see that too, because I feel like when you walk into something and somebody's already there, it, there might be this false feeling of you don't have control over this person. Right. Because like, they're already there. Right. Like somebody else hired them and put them there. And it's almost like, because firing people is not pleasant, especially in a pandemic, especially if they're pregnant, like that is not a pleasant thing to have to do. Luckily, she so,
0: ended up getting rid of herself, oh, okay, so, okay. And, and yeah, she ended up telling me she couldn't afford to pay for the chair, and she told me Perfect. she was pregnant, and we parted ways, and I was like, phew, so, yeah, because I I kind of, at the time, needed the money, so I was just tolerating it, like, to a certain extent, but yeah, it was right, it was right. a stressful situation, so I think I did, like, let it get to me more emotionally because of, like, the high-stress situation that it was, and, you know. I, I probably could have handled some certain things differently, but I learned later i I learned that early on to the point where like I was like, okay, like I'm gonna handle that differently from now on if that if that comes up. like if there's an issue, I'm just gonna handle it in like a like from a business perspective, and I'm not gonna say like I feel or right. anything like that. you know, like just give right. the facts and
1: it it was almost good because it was a really quick class in who not to hire right like really showed you it magnified all of these characteristics about a person that now you can probably identify immediately
0: you would think that but I went (laughs) through uh, I I think out of desperation I probably uh, like brought on a couple more that like I knew in my soul that I shouldn't have brought on um but I did so
1: (laughs) are they I guess you can't say if they're still there or not
0: no they're not they're not Oh, okay No, no they're not Okay. No, we have a very like peaceful environment now.
1: That's great. How yeah. many how many stylists do you have now? Um, I have uh, two other
0: stylists besides me that do hair and then I have a nail tech. Cool. Yeah.
1: Cool. And then, so I know that you travel and do makeup.
0: Well, not really anymore. Oh, are you not working with Nikki anymore? No, I'm
1: not. Oh, bummer.
0: Yeah. Um, it just that got was a th-
1: super far drive.
0: It, it was a schlep yeah, yeah. like it was a it's like a two-hour drive yeah it was a lot for me and I love 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 her and I loved all the like awesome people that I met through her um but yeah it was just a lot and like I'm just like you know at this point like between the drive there and you know, doing the hair and makeup. Like it was probably taking up like five hours of my day. So it just didn't make sense as much as I love working with her. I was just like, I think my energy just needs to be here. Plus more than anything, like gas prices and the crazy drivers on 95 and the turnpike, like people driving your life at risk. Yeah. I'm putting my life at risk. It's just at the point where it's like, I'm paying rent to have this salon like I might as well use it and have people come to me like it doesn't really make sense anymore for me to do too much traveling
1: yeah do you You get weddings and stuff like weddings I, um... I hate
0: sorry to say like no offense you know to anyone that does them or loves them I know so I know so many like hair and makeup people that only do weddings and that's their focus but um I try to pass them off at this point uh before the pandemic I was doing a lot of weddings and um, I actually started my career 10 years ago doing weddings. So I, um, I, st- I tried to give it another chance and I still never liked it. Unfortunately, I just, it, it's, you know, um, I'm, I'm like a really dry humor, sarcastic person. I, I tend to think of myself more of like a dude in the, my personality, like I was raised like mostly by my dad. So like, that's just, kind of how my personality is so it's like very like hard for me to uh be chipper be? I guess <laughs> yeah. in certain situations like because if it's stressful or annoying and you're just being rude because like you're stressed out and annoyed like I get it but I don't want to like be around it you know yeah. so I hear I'll, that. I'll like easily pass that off you know
1: gotcha tell me about your brand blondie
0: um my brand is my life pretty much. My brand uh, my brand really came from like literally my whole life growing up. My mom was born in 1971, so she grew up on like a lot of like 80s goth rock, uh, Duran Duran, the cure, you know, the Smiths, like basically all that awesome stuff. Um, so because of that, Uh, I grew up on, you know, Duran Duran, The Cure, The Smiths, (laughs) Um, and which was awesome. Like I loved it. And it's stuff that like I always will remember. Um, And then when I got older, like obviously I developed my own tastes and my own opinions. But for some reason, like that style and that image always like stuck with me. And obviously I can Grew up it. that with me like I I wear her rings and like her I wear her jewelry like uh, awesome. so we still aesthetically had a lot in common but yeah so basically that's how the brand came about like when I bought the salon and I heard the name like the the name was originally uh Blondie's the place for hair and nails all I could think about was like the vision of like this retro wave salon like this you know vintagey you know, those old school, like when you go to the nail salons and you see like those old school nail salon signs, yeah. you know, neon lights. And like, I, that was just all I could think about in my head. So that was what I wanted to build the brand around. And then, you know, I was always a big fan of Patrick Nagel. And I don't know if you know the artist Patrick Nagel, but he did um, the album cover for Duran Duran. He did a couple other ones also, but the Duran Duran um, cover for Rio and uh Duran Duran was like my mom's favorite band. So it all kind of like circles back around. And so I based the entire brand around like, you know, the band Blondies and you know the music of the 80s and the style of the 80s and the colors and the vibe and the feel and everything's just very bright and colorful and No, like we're not musicians and we don't do music, but um, you know we make it feel very like comfortable and fun, and like we bring the old school like beauty salon vibe because we have like the nails, the hair, and the makeup. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like a one-stop shop, and it's just very chill. Like I worked at a salon before that was like super high pace, and it just felt like it felt kind of like a factory. I don't feel like the clients felt like very valued, and they were paying like a lot of money, so. I don't know. I just wanted something like completely different. And I feel like that's what we do
1: for our clients. Yeah. And I love that you just based it off of all the things that you love, right? Because I think that sometimes people try to create these brands that really have nothing to do with them. And then it becomes very hard to maintain it. So I, I think that that's really great that you did it about, yeah, all the things that you love. Um, how do you think you have time for one more question with yeah i'm
0: I think so. I'm on three percent but it
1: should oh go my ahead. god okay okay um so i just wanted to ask you if there's one piece of advice that you could give to other salon owners or aspiring salon owners what would that piece of advice be
0: um it would be to study what other salon owners are doing so like i would recommend like at least going to work in one salon for a little bit but don't let people uh put it into your head the idea especially like old school stylists, the idea that you need to be an an assistant for years and you need to do things a certain way i think that the industry has changed so much and there's so many different routes that you can take as a stylist like i was i you know hopped out of school and basically bought a salon um so there's so many different ways that you can do things you don't have to you know do things a specific way. You don't have to shampoo hair for two years and then you know, be you know, sweep up hair and make five dollars an hour. Like you don't have to do that. Don't let people tell you that you have to do that. Um, because I know a lot of people uh, try to tell you that. And also, don't let uh, don't if you're gonna open a salon, be an honest salon owner and don't open a salon like where you're gonna have people um making commission and you're not paying them like as a W two, you're paying them as a ten ninety nine and then you're trying to tell them when to come into work and what to wear and all these other things because that's illegal and I'm seeing a lot of that crap going on and it really like honestly pisses me off to see stylists get taken advantage of. And I think as salon owners like we have a responsibility to like take care of our stylists and make sure that they're making money and make sure you know you're making money and I think that like that's how everybody stays happy and that's most important like team and community and your Amazing. stylists will feel that and your clients will feel that.
1: Amazing. Thank you. That was great. Absolutely. Uh, before we get out of here, can you just tell people where they can find you your Instagram, your website, yada, yada?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Blondiesbeautysalon.com Instagram is at Salon. Uh TikTok Blondie's Beauty Salon, Pinterest, Blondie's Beauty Salon. Uh, <laughs> everything is at Blondie's Beauty Salon. We even have merch. So if you guys want to get oh. merch, we have merch on our website um, in the shop area. Uh, yeah,
1: I think I want a T-shirt. Are there T-shirts? Absolutely. Great. I want to get one. I would love that. Thank you, Deanna, so much. This is such sure. a great conversation. I can't wait to share it with everybody.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I'm really grateful to be here. I love podcasts and I love it. And you're
1: awesome. Thank you. So are you. I hope we can hang out soon. Honestly, I
0: would love that. I would love that, and I'll bring you a shirt.
1: (laughs) Yes. Okay. Great. Okay. We'll have a great rest of your day. Thank you again. Thank
0: you so much. You too.
1: Bye. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did, and I hope you got a lot of pearls of wisdom from Deanna and her experience. I wanted to let you know about an event that I am hosting May twenty sixth. it is called let's get financially lit literate that is because we're going to have five audacious female speakers who work in finance come and give us a lot of information about what we need to be doing to ensure our financial wellness for our personal lives and for our business. So if you are located in Miami, please attend the event. Come check us out, come network, and come have fun. You can find the link for that in the show notes and also on my Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the podcast, share it with your friends, and if you like this episode, please give it a five-star review. Thank you so much for listening. As always, it is an honor to have you as a listener.